What's up, everybody? Welcome to the world's best podcast with Jack and Reno. I'm Jack. And I'm Reno. And we're two dudes in our mid-20s who don't know shit, but are doing our best to figure this life thing out. We are so glad to have you along for the ride. Let's get it fired up! Boom. All right. So, yeah. So, what I want to talk about is fake news. And the reason I want to talk about that is because I think in the last year, there's something that's, if you haven't noticed this, I don't know if you've been living in a box or a bubble or what, but pretty much all of news is just seems to be fake. Like, like none of it seems to be real, like on both sides, not just, Mm -hmm. it's not a left thing. It's not a right thing. It just seems like most of the time that there's any substantial headline or some kind of Mm -hmm. big thing, uh, there it's just it's just like totally fake and i will give you an example from this morning uh and i will read my read my tweet to you for to cnn and it goes and it goes like this let's see here let me let me just pull this up real quick Supplies. uh so cnn politics tweets this morning there has this headline this morning which is arizona republicans begin reviewing 2020 ballots in effort to undermine the results and so, do you know, like, okay, so you go, okay, well, Jack, that seems pretty true because the Republicans are doing that, which is true. Yeah, they are. They are going and checking out the results. But the reason it's fake news is because they use the word undermine. That is a persuasion word. That is assigning you an opinion. But here's yeah. how the headline could have read differently. The headline mm-hmm. could have said, instead of saying, in effort to undermine the results, if maybe if it was a right-leaning uh, 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 site, it would have said, uh, in effort to ensure that elections are transparent and fair in the future. And then that would be yeah. a totally different context. And now the Republicans would be yeah. the heroes instead of the enemies. And so that is just yeah. one example. Or, I mean, like the obvious bigger example, the fact that uh, the girl who tried to stab somebody and then was shot. And then it was like, well, you kind of like if you're trying to stab somebody, that seems like a consequence that could happen is getting shot. Yeah. Who's I don't know this new story. Oh, you didn't, hear, you, 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 yeah. you didn't hear about this? Oh, so this Dude, was. This I'm under a rock. Oh, OK. All right. So I'll tell you what happened. This is this is this is crazy. So, there was another shooting this week, and uh, or like last week or something. I can't remember, I can't remember the girl's name. Uh, tragic. I'm gonna start by saying that. extremely tragic. Anytime someone gets shot, dies, and this girl was only 15 years old. It's it's obviously tragic, and you reach out to the families. Um, so what happened was is the police get this call about this girl who's like she's bigger. You don't you know you don't know how somebody old somebody is by just looking at them. And mm-hmm. there's a video of this girl like actively trying to stab somebody else. And the police officer from like a pretty good distance, like shot the girl down. That was like in the act of stabbing. It was like bigger than the person she was trying to stab. Well, the girl yeah. dies. Turns out she's only 15 years old. And then like, uh, like she's also black. Um, and, you know, then it just like fits the narrative perfectly of everything that's been going on with George Floyd and all this stuff. Yeah. And then it blows up. So LeBron James tweets something like against the cop. I can't remember exactly what the tweet was. And then just gets shit on. And then uh, it gets, uh, which I don't blame LeBron. And I think that it's just kind of a victim of fake news there. You know, like, it's just like, because it's the fake news media is like making it sound like there was absolutely like the most horrific crime committed by the police officer. But it was like, well, he had a split second decision and somebody was actively trying to be stabbed. He doesn't know how old this girl is. And it's just like, you know, Mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta act. And so, uh, but people like just are just the the news media just is ignoring the fact that this woman was like trying to stab somebody else. They're just really? like, like yeah, just so? like just like, 
Well, basically, just painting it like as though it's like a, like another George George Floyd case that just is just like yeah. a cop that's just like like people are saying like there should be no guns involved in knife fights. So like people were like like literally advocating that like oh people the teenagers just get into knife fights like it's a things that happen. There's no reason they should get no, shot. They didn't. <laughs> no, what? Are you serious? Yeah, that was, oh, there's a real God. there was a real argument put out there that teenagers just get into knife fights. I <laughs> go, I never, I never I've seen a knife fight. Been- I dude, I the closest I ever got to a fight was like in middle school, and I like shoved a kid. Like, and there, I mean, there are more violent schools for sure. But, dude, <laughs> here's here's a crazy thought: if it's an acceptable, normal thing that teenagers are getting into knife fights, that's a problem we should drop everything for. We should address that immediately. Dude, yeah, it's, <laughs> it was it was it was bad. So, so continue. So anyway, so anyway, I've been I'm I'm gonna be doing this more on Twitter, but I've just been looking at like headlines. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be I'm trying to be partial to and like just on both sides of the aisle because the fake news exists. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I mean QAnon. If you're on the right, and you believe like QAnon, or like if you're super anti-vax. Like I'm super not. I'm kind of not really. You know, that's equally just kind of being victim of fake news. Or here's another fake news one mm-hmm. that's like we'll do yeah. one that's this one made the left look bad. We'll do one that makes the right book look bad. So Bill Gates was like caught on video saying something. I say caught, like he was like sort of just volunteering this information, talking yeah. about the economic impact of, or like the like economics of the COVID vaccine and like the money that yeah. like where it was coming from and all this stuff. And so the fucking loons on the right are like <laughs> over here saying, are like, oh, Bill Gates caught you red-handed. You're just making the vaccine to make more money. And Scott, oh, Scott oh Adams brings God. up the point. He goes, Bill Gates has given away like half of his fortune and just actively been yeah. just doing this. If there's one thing that's true about the world, is Bill Gates isn't looking for more money. No. <laughs> He's <laughs> not. Is that just not. There's just no way that's his motive is more money. No. Like the dude, dude was no. the richest man in the world for the longest time and then gave away like has given away like half of his shit to like yeah. help the world, like actively dude. like trying to help the world. And, and it, people are like, oh, we got you. Yeah. We got you. Oh, oh, dude, you said it. You said it. I don't want much money. Put the vaccines. You see, you see, you see. You did it. Oh. <laughs> dude, dude, it's fucking silly. Also, did we calculate something? Bill Gates is so rich. There was this, there, we watched this movie that had this, um, this room in this hotel in New York City. It was like the presidential suite cost 20 grand a night. And we're like, how many nights could Bill Gates stay there? It was like 900 years he could stay there. <laughs> he could stay there for nine generations of people. That's how much money he has. He definitely does not need any more money. Yeah, and it's not like, look, we're just giving it away. I have so much money yeah. that I just don't even know what to do. So yeah. there's there's a little bit about the, the fake news. So if you're, if you're going to the news, and I just would recommend for anyone listening to this right now, is like when you see an outrageous headline – I think that your first reaction needs to be like, uh, hey, this is probably fake news. If you get really mm-hmm. emotional and then the, also if the news is like telling you how to feel, like that CNN article, for example, that said uh, uh, undermine instead of like literally any other verbiage they could use. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's fake news. So fake news is not something that's like they're actually like totally manipulating a fabricated story. It's they're taking they're taking parts of the story and putting them in like just just taking parts of the story way out of context or just yep. like applying this weird filter on them like mm-hmm. uh, taking you know I'm just, gonna use it, just keep using the CNN example like the word undermine which is like that's a, that's a mm-hmm. persuasion word right the word undermine is a, totally a persuasion word it's not a mm-hmm. um, 
that's not like an objective truth word. Like I guarantee you the Republicans yeah. aren't being like, oh, we're trying to undermine the election. Well, some of them might be like, but, the, but you know, they don't mean it yeah. from the sense of like trying to undermine the entire system. They're like, hey, yeah, wait a second. There's 40% of the country that thinks that there's something fishy about this. You know, maybe, maybe it's yeah. worth investigating so we can keep faith in our election system. You know, that should be like a way yeah. more, that'd just be a way more positive take on it. Um, yeah. And, you know, I personally, you know, you know Biden's going to be president for the next four years, no matter what happens, basically, unless, well, actually, yeah. you know, he might not make it four years, but, uh, but, <laughs> right. the, but, the, but, you know, it won't be like Trump gets into power or something like that, like now, right. but, uh, no. but I think it's, I think it is important that we, uh, we don't want to change the results of the election, but you do want to have a full, like, make sure the election system mm. is transparent. A hundred percent. I, I hundred percent agree with that. I mean, there should be, I would imagine... I think it already exists, but uh, there should be some sort of like committee and like a group of individuals that are assigned to security and legitimacy of elections. Like just in general, that should exist. You know what I mean? And then yeah. there should be like, like, I don't know. And then you got to make it so that like the guy, like you have to have like a committee. You couldn't have one person in charge of it because then that person could like for political reasons, they could alter things or whatever. But I mean, there should be a committee. Like, I don't know why, like why we wouldn't have that. Like everybody wants to secure election. Yeah, I mean, I just I would like to like uh, it'd be really nice too if you could like track your vote to like make sure it was like counted too. I mean, there's so many there's so many things that would be nice to have, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's my point. And so like actually, what's kind of showing us though is like like I think that that like the power of social media and getting these independent journalists and the fact that everyone can join the conversation. One of the positives that I'm seeing because I saw a lot of negatives for a while is that we're kind of starting to realize like the news has sort of always been fake. I mean, we saw that with the Iraq mm-hmm. war majorly with how it was publicized and actually like totally taken yeah. advantage of from uh, like ISIS and Al Qaeda, like literally just using our own media against us to turn mm-hmm. the citizens against the, the war uh, through mm-hmm. this avenue of fake, like just fake news. Yeah. And so yep. um, like now with social media, when these fake news things get out there, you have independent people that can chime into the conversation. And so when you have individuals that don't have like, you know, necessarily this major baggage or a fact or like worried about losing their job for like speaking out against the, the, the status quo, um, it, it opens up the dialogue a lot more and then like also hides it. It's, but it's also goes to show that facts don't really matter a whole ton anymore. It's mostly persuasion. Yeah. It's like, that seems it's, to be the biggest driver on, uh, how people are making decisions. Happened? Not, it's not yeah. based on facts. That's just, yeah, it's not, dude. It's, it's, well, it's not. And, uh, <laughs> it's funny. Like, well, I believed until the last couple of years, I'd say, and you know, that I thought decisions were mostly just made based off of a research data. Uh, that's how people yeah. make decisions. I thought no. it was just, oh, well, I'm sure that I, I everyone so in too. politics, I thought, yeah, I was like, oh, well, the data clearly shows, um, this and this, but dude, I remember, so when I grew up in, in my household, uh, like with my parents, um, I always thought, so fake news has always been fake, right? Like news has always been kind of like fake, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, I always thought um, <laughs> that Fox News, I always go like, I was like, wow, how are they so wrong all the time? Because <laughs> <laughs> so like in my in my house, dude, I only watch like, um, watch The Daily Show, which is, which I, even though it's left leaning, I like because it's just comedy. It's just oh, there's nothing wrong with liking news. Just recognize that it's fake. I, I, I like right. the news. I, I follow not all the news outlets. I read articles, but just like whenever I see headlines, I go, oh, it's probably fake. But like there's, there's yeah. still elements of truth in there. And you can kind of, if you can check a couple sources, you can kind of piece together what mm-hmm. likely actually happened. You're not really ever sure. Yeah. Um, but right. 
it's still just good to keep a pulse on at least how the people of the U.S. are feeling about the world. So if you look mm -hmm. at the news, you can be like, okay, there's going to be groups of people that are feeling this way because of this headline. Like the headline is mm -hmm. causing the way people feel, not the actual event. Yeah, or <laughs> or even the content of the article. Or the but, content, yeah. Like, but a lot of times it's just the headline. I mean, <laughs> it's just a headline. Dude, I do the same thing. I'm not going to lie. Like yeah. sometimes my opinions of things or like how I – how I'm assuming the world is working is literally based on I saw a headline and then my brain, because your brain operates off of incomplete information, your brain is a, is a guessing machine. Mm -hmm. it, it just, it takes in all data. And then no matter how limited the data is, even if it's one headline, you, it tries to make a guess as to what reality is. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it goes one, it goes just no matter how little information it goes, I'm going to, I'm going to make a guess here. That's, and, and But you gotta, if you don't recognize that, then you get caught up in thinking that the way you view the world is really how it is. But that mm -hmm. ties back to what I, was, what, like, what I was saying with this. I just couldn't believe that Fox News was so wrong. And then I, and then I was like – and then I couldn't believe it. I would go, well, how, how are people following this? this is real news? I mean it's incredible how wrong they are all the time. And then I got – and then, and then kind of recognizing that all news is fake, I go, oh, wait a minute. All news organizations, their business is to get eyeballs mm -hmm. and ears. That's it. Their mm -hmm. business is not legitimate news. And it's you can not, also never, business. and you could never, I, you not run a successful news business if you ran on good news. Cause you like good news no. now and again, but like what sells is like tragedy and crisis. And like, that's what gets mm -hmm. people on board. Uh, yep. But the, what's, it's like, it's sort of, we talked about this last week with the, the independent journalists and uh, mm -hmm. Michael shared the site with, uh, with us about how, uh, independent with independent journalists and how like I and I really do think that that's the future that you'll just have a lot of yeah. independent journalists documenting things and as more people have phones you'll be like oh, okay well this is the first video angle we got of it but there's probably four more yeah. from the site so let's go check all of them and right. let's look at them in full context um, yeah. so it's so I mean video evidence isn't real either like that's that's pretty much fake because if you just like cut down the context yeah. to like the specific moment you know it can change everything mm -hmm. like uh there's, I mean, there's just a bunch of examples with that of that. I mean, one would be uh, like the 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 drinking bleach bleach hoax, where if you uh, cut out the part where Trump says whatever about uh, injecting disinfectant or whatever, and then you remove the part before it where he was talking about the light therapy, and the part immediately afterward where he talks about where he clarifies he's talking about light therapy. It looks like he told you to drink bleach, but like if you just include the outside context, you go, oh, that's just like definitely not what he was talking about. And right. so it's like you take that. So that's video evidence. And you go, oh, this is video evidence. There's no way around this. And you go, well, actually yeah. just put it into context. And you go, wait, this actually is not at all true. Yeah. So even video can yeah. just be totally fake news. And so it's it's there's not really this like burden of proof that's that's like incontrovertible that we're that we're getting. And, and uh, but it looks it's really persuasive, though. And it looks like it's like there's no way around it. And that's really yeah. the key. Right. The key. That's the key for news art media to like keep people ensnared and oh, brainwashed. Yeah. Yep. Dude, they want dude. No, it's true. Well, I mean, like even a personal example, I was like, okay, I want news so I can like kind of keep up with what's going on. And I was like, let me start like independent journalists in local news. Let me just see what they have to offer. Dude, it was seriously so boring. I left the website, didn't subscribe to anything after five minutes. You know why? Because because the goings on of other people is just relatively uninteresting. Like when they're like, oh, the local school board just just elected to like increase book funds by 
$100,000. You go, hmm, that's a good thing. But you know what's way more interesting? Like, uh, local school board admin obliterates competition, like, uh, other, com- <sighs> like uh, other competition to try and remove books from school. I'll go, oh, my God, I need to click on that. But, like, that's just not what happened at all. They just that, – that, like – that was just one that just is a skewed percent a skewed and interesting perception of what happened yeah and like like, dude i'm not interested in normal like how like i'm not interested in just like what literally happened for some reason my brain's like "Eh, that's not that interesting i kind of figured things are running pretty well and this just confirmed it yeah i mean i mean most things are running pretty well all things considered i actually sort of believe that uh here okay here's here's what i was thinking about the other day is a lot of these things that we're worried about, about the world, we've sort of, from an engineering perspective, like, you know, how like, okay, so in engineering, when you look at a problem and you go, oh, I can solve that, it sort of feels solved. Like, like you go, mm-hmm. oh, I, I see the variables, I see where I'm supposed to get, and I go, oh, yeah, this is mm-hmm. solvable. So even before you've done the problem, you kind of go, you kind of feels like it's already solved. Because yeah. most of the time in engineering, you get a problem and you go see where you're supposed to get and you go, what the actual fuck? So the moment you actually see the path to the solution, it sort of already feels solved because you can just work through the steps. Yeah, right. So, the, so in the actual world, there's some major problems that from an engineering perspective are already like completely solvable. And like if they ever get crisis, crisis points. One example is like mm-hmm. hunger. From an engineering perspective, food is no longer needs to be a scarce resource. Like we no. know how to grow food and create food at a rate that matches consumption. Mm-hmm. It's actually like way greater than consumption. And like it's iterable yeah. over time. Mm-hmm. And so it's yep. like if we see people having hunger, it's not an issue of like not having enough food. It's a distribution issue and an engineering issue. Mm-hmm. And so like if we start looking at things from that way and like, you know, start to unify as a world and be like, hey, like we're not really fighting for resources anymore. Like, you know, we have nuclear power, which pretty much like solves most of our power needs. Uh, like we're not really running out of power because we have nuclear mm-hmm. power and we have solar yep. power, which is just never yep. going away. So like you yep. have these things that are just never going away. You can solve all of your problems, uh, but it just sort of takes like the world to start to come together and realize, okay, all these things we've been fighting over for all this, all this time are not really relevant to the day-to-day discussion anymore because uh, they're not scarce goods anymore. Before when things were scarce, mm-hmm. like actually scarce, you needed to fight mm-hmm. for them. But now that we can just like have like abundance, it's mm-hmm. not an issue anymore. And so it's like, well, we need to really rechange our frame about how we're arguing and fighting with each other because we're in a day and age where people can have their basic needs met. I also think the whole economy is going to change at, in the next like 30, 50, 100 years just uh, yeah. toward basically like it's just going to be the standard that pretty much everyone on the planet just like has all your basic needs met. It doesn't cost you anything. And it's just like you sort of get to spend yep. your time and add value to the world what you want. Like they'll be like yep. sort of like UBI where there's like sort of a basic minimum you'll get because everything will be automated. Like you'll just have robots that yeah. like just like literally provide all of our basic needs. And then it's like, well, yeah. from there, how do you provide additional valuable to get additional things in the world? Because there still should be some incentive yeah. and more a reward. Mm-hmm. Sort of like uh, I just kind of realized like socialism and capitalism don't have to be like just totally at odds with each other. You can just have some socialist policies and some capitalist policies. <laughs> and yeah. there's good parts yeah. and bad parts to both. And it's sort right. of a balance is what you need. Yeah, that's no, 100%. Dude, I think, I, so I'm just going to put this out there. So hopefully we remember, I do want to go back to uh, nuclear power a little bit later and just and dispel some myths about it and make people feel a lot better about it. No, dude, talk about right I now. want to talk about that. All right, perfect. Because I also want to talk about this other UBI thing, because I think it's cool. So with nuclear power, 
Um, the biggest, so I, I like to bring up nuclear power a lot because to me, it seems like the biggest solution to fossil fuels because uh, we all, so everybody kind of agrees, okay, fossil fuels aren't the best. Uh, let me reframe that. There are better ways, there, there are significant negatives to fossil fuels and we'd like to not have those negatives anymore because before fossil fuels, fossil fuels were actually an amazing solution to lots of energy really quickly and distributing an energy source really quickly and easily and cheaply. Like it's a, it was an amazing solution. Then we went, okay, there's significant downsides to this as in pollution of cities, um, what it's doing. Uh, I know this is a hot topic for some reason, but it is putting more CO2 in the atmosphere, which is causing uh, global change in a way we don't want. Um, there's a lot of plastics are in the oceans. There's a lot of poison related. So we all want something new. To me, nuclear power seems like the best solution um, because unfortunately, renewable energies like solar and wind are not the best solution. And the reason they're not the best solution is because they don't provide consistent energy to the mm -hmm. electrical grid. And mm -hmm. I think people need to understand this engineering difficulty because no one talks about it mm -hmm. because people like to just tout wind and solar as it's, oh, why don't we just do everything on wind and solar, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you exactly why. It's an engineering difficulty because how fast the wind is spinning is how much electricity goes in the grid. Our grid doesn't have a bunch of batteries sitting around. And Our battery technology is on, just isn't there. And it isn't there. Our grid needs to have a consistent level of power so that when you plug something into your iPhone into the wall, it doesn't explode, right? So we need to generate it as we use it. There's no storage. So, um, so wind and solar are really good in the sense that they use just how our planet would act normally. Like it is a good energy source, right? But we need something that provides on-demand uh, and scalable energy, consistent scalable energy, which and is that's usually what coal and what exactly uh, gas does. We have that's, coal, and that's we have why coal we continue and gas, to use those. And it's because, yeah, because like if the sun is not out, you are you don't have enough power. And guess what? Exactly. Primary power consumption goes between is like in the evening hours after it gets dark. And so if you just mm -hmm. if the sun is not actively shining, you don't get power. And so, like, I remember, yeah. I remember, dude, there was this, like, Trump got ripped on once because he goes, why are we investing so much in wind power? The wind doesn't blow all the time. And everyone was, like, ripping on him because that was, like, the stupidest yeah. statements. And it's like, no, that's literally the problem with wind power is that the wind doesn't yeah. blow all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, right. It's exactly. a huge issue because if the wind's not blowing yeah. and you need power, you won't get your power if you're all on wind. <laughs> right, right. And so it's well, like, here's another... Yeah, yeah, it was a. It actually was a good statement. It just wasn't articulate. Well, people like to rip on Trump. Just, just whatever. And, well, and it just makes headlines. It just, it's just but, funny. It's just funny. It's funny. When it's the funny. other, when the, Dude, when the side that's wrong is just so adamantly like, oh, oh yeah, oh, 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 can you believe what what he said? You're like, oh well, actually, it's true. So actually, yeah. So yeah, I can believe it. But yeah, that's the problem. It's not always blowing, and it also takes so it takes a lot of land to for, for wind power. It takes a lot of land and a lot of resources to build these giant things. Mm -hmm. So there's problems with it, right? Nuclear energy is amazing because there is no, we have not discovered a denser source of energy than uranium. And in fact, it's not even close. Human body fat, here's a fun fact. Human body fat is more energy dense than oil. Oh, really? So we should just yep. start like liposuctioning all the fat people and throwing that in the... It yeah, America can run on fat people. <laughs> Dude, just like just liposuction, right? It's a win-win, right? So the rest of everyone gets power, mm -hmm. and all the fat people get their fat removed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they can keep being fat. Dude, screw nuclear. This seems like the solution. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And fat people, it's usually like habit-based, so they'll just get fat again. So we'll just reharvest it. 
Oh, there we go. We can just affect like my 600 pound life. It will be my 600 watt life. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but so, but then people, so, okay. So everything about nuclear sounds amazing so far. Right. And then, so it's, and, and also here's a fun, here's another cool fact. United States has like, has like 70 produces like 70% of the world's uranium. So from an economic standpoint, we should be leaning the fuck into nuclear power mm-hmm. because we would our trade deficit would plummet because if the rest of the world starts because the rest of the world kind of does what we do so if we start using tons of nuclear energy the rest of the world will start doing that and then who, who has the most nuclear or who has the most uranium boom united states right so economic here's why people don't like it is because they're afraid of it but the reason they're afraid of it and it's the same reason i was afraid of it they don't understand it and i didn't understand it and um I think it was you and me, or maybe it was me and Kevin, someone, we went to, at Oregon State University, we went to a professor, the nuclear engineering professor at Oregon State University. Like, this woman worked in, she she literally was a plant engineering manager. Mm-hmm. She understands every this element of it. You, I, agree with you. I, I don't remember this. So you must remember Kevin. Okay. Okay. And I talked to her about it. I was like, hey, should we be worried about, uh, one, Chernobyl, and two, um, the Japanese nuclear power plant that, like, uh, the earthquake and the Nagasaki. tsunami, and then like, did no, it happen in Nagasaki? Bomb. No, that's where the bomb that's was. The bomb. Uh, no, it was, uh, I was. I was about to laugh. I was about to laugh because man, Nagasaki yeah, can't no, get away uh, from nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> can they? Anyway, continue. Um. So, so people are worried about that, and so here, so I'm gonna help. I'm gonna assuage Fukushima. people's worries right now. Fukushima. There we go. I'm gonna assuage people's worries right now. The only thing that relates Chernobyl to modern nuclear power is the fact that they both use uranium. Nothing about those is remotely the same anymore. It's not even close. Not even close. Modern nuclear power, um, shutting it down is possible, and people do it. Uh, There are emergency shutdown procedures to do it. And in fact, it's it's built so well that the only time it doesn't work is when a 50-year-old plant in Fukushima gets hit with the like one of the largest earthquakes combined with one of the largest tsunamis ever seen in Japanese history. Is that so, really what happened in Fukushima? That it was like not it, it was, was just like a super freak natural disaster. Event. And I bet even now we'd be freak. able to combat it. Well, how about just like mm-hmm. maybe just keep the nuclear plants where that's not super prone. <laughs> exactly. Even how about we put it in a desert? Because here's the other thing. It's like we don't need to switch to entirely nuclear, right? Like there's not this like mm-hmm. binary thing. Like we need all renewable. We need all nuclear. Like you can still have oil and coal. Like you just need to use it. At, you just want to make sure that you're using it at a rate like one, that you're not – that the CO2 levels aren't going too mm-hmm. high, which I also actually think is uh, – I've read some studies that suggest that it's not – the CO2 levels aren't nearly as like – affected uh by what or like like how we think like like uh, there's some evidence that shows that basically in order for the temperature to rise it's a it's an exponential scale so it's like co2 in the atmosphere needs to every time it needs to double so like as you know you might see some rapid growth at first but it's like we're not like rapidly double we don't continue to double the co2 levels you know so it's like it's more of a linear growth as we're putting it out there and not this like exponential effect Uh, but if you can reduce it by 90% and maybe just like mm-hmm. in areas prone to natural disasters, just like keep using coal, coal and gas, like you're still mm-hmm. like the, the, the goal doesn't necessarily need to be get, to get it to zero. 
it should just be more of a system of like, hey, let's just like use renewable wherever it makes sense. And you cut it down by 90%. Right. It's like, okay, now this is really sustainable to use this level of oil and gas. It's yep. super 100%. sustainable. So it's like, 100%. so it's like, you know, you just, you don't have to do it everywhere. <laughs> you just mm-hmm. need to yeah. do it more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. Just slowly start scaling it in. So, so for the safety concerns, um, the, the facts back it up. That is simply that what we do now is safe. And, and here, and let me give you an emotional reason as well. I'm going to throw this out there. Do you really think that the smartest, highest paid engineers in the world did not think about an emergency shutdown for the nuclear power plant? <laughs> like, do you think they just forgot about that? And then you sitting at home are going like, well, yeah, but what happens when there's an emergency? Like, you think that the engineer didn't like, consider didn't that maybe when they designed it? Well, it didn't yeah, into the conversation like, at uh, Chernobyl, apparently. So, yeah, so oh, much it did of, not. So much of those, like, so much of those major accidents seem to be from pressure from above, though. Like, uh, when you have a boss, you know, like sort of the Dilbert world, where you have a, just a boss mm-hmm. that's just like results, 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 and like maybe, like, likely, like a lot of times, the people that are like in charge of this, like if you have politicians or somebody that's like pushing the nuclear program that doesn't understand it. Mm-hmm. They'll set up expectations that are not reasonable. And then engineers, you know, will get afraid of losing their jobs if they don't follow these unreasonable expectations. Mm -hmm. And so then it like, then it kind of cascades. So you sort of really need to put it in the engineer's hands and then also like not, you just don't want to, you don't want to rush it. Like just like, you know, like let it take a couple of years. It's not like our planet's immediately dying. It's completely fake news that somebody says that in five years we're like, it's uh, irreversible. It is fake news to the biggest like, Thing because we're already discussing terraforming Mars. Are you telling me that we can't terraform Earth? It's like <laughs> yeah, a right, planet right, that's right. in pretty good condition. Fake yeah. news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, it's just not. It's just just it's, putting on nuclear. It's, it's not and you're like power. Like honestly, the power grid probably be way more reliable. Have way less power outages. Mm-hmm. Just like yep. Yeah, dude. Well, and uh, so here's another here's another objection to it. And I, I like to point out these objections and I point out they're silly, not to make people feel bad, but to point out that um, just at least put doubt in people's minds that the scare tactics they've heard about nuclear is exactly that scare tactics. And this is a complete bet. No fact behind it. I'd be willing to bet those scare tactics are funded by other sources of energy because it's a capitalist economy. And if someone else is making energy that you don't make, you don't want their business to do very well. So just be cognizant of that. But here's another one. People, oh, it's not safe. It, and they would go, I don't want it in my backyard. Well, would you want an oil refiner in your backyard? No. That's why they're not in your backyard. There is not a coal plant within walkable distance from me. Like, there are none of the modern sources of energy are close to us. Mm-hmm. Because people also, 90% of the world's population lives on the coast. Like it lives on and by like, and if it's not, it's that or it's water sources. 90% of the people live in like, it's like 5% of the world, uh, like of their square footage. So there's, and especially the United States, there's tons of room for us to just put all these energy sources and then run power lines from them to us. So here's like, here's an example. Okay. You don't want nuclear power in your backyard. Perfect. How about we take a natural coal, natural gas plant that you hate so much, strip it out. Replace it with a nuclear power plant because it's no, like I guarantee the location of that power plants, the natural gas power plants in, I bet it's pretty far from humanity. And I bet it's in a place that there's not a lot of birds and animals that if something happened, 
would be an issue. I bet it's in a super remote location such as the desert or in the Great Great Plains. So let's just put the nuclear power there. Yeah, just for it's just away from everybody. <laughs> I just I just googled it. Uh, half of the population. So so oh. there's more. So fifty percent of the population utilizes one percent of the Earth's land. Oh wow, one percent. So the other fifty probably does a lot more because they're probably like have like the, the people lives on farms and shit. But mm-hmm. yeah, like it's it's uh, let's put it where there's people are way further apart. <laughs> just yep. the, the probability of tragedy is just way less than that way exactly oh also we could put it in desert that no one fucking lives in let's put it in you know the nevada desert and also here for nuclear here's here's my last bit about nuclear power people are worried about waste um nuclear power is not goo just so i'm gonna blow some people's minds it's not yeah it's not green goo it's metal rods just (laughs) metal rods that are just uranium and zirconium and niobium they're just metal rods dude, and, also, and they put them in a barrel and they bury them in the desert dude i, I just it seems fine to me <laughs> i don't really know it's like, <laughs> it? we're just like quarantine off that area of the desert it's not like anyone's using it's not even like animals use the desert dude there's no animals there's like one lizard maybe yeah he's for sure gonna die yeah like it's just like it's just like just okay whatever just sequester this one part of the earth so we can have power because mm-hmm. because isn't the issue uh if i recall like part of the issue why we can't lock, launch it into space is because like if there was like a space accident like like a, something blew up then we'd be kind of be like mm-hmm. oh this is bad because like if it somehow the rocket like had an issue while it was trying to dispose of this waste and then blew up and then like it would just oh yeah i think that's the reason we yeah. don't do this because I, I think we were talking about this earlier in the week but as rockets get better and better that'll become a also more of an option it's like what space gonna get irradiated like have you seen the fucking sun dude we're not even gonna come close to what like radiation is like being put out into the space yeah Yeah. all the the sun sun does is put out radiation (laughs) yeah it's literally nuclear fusion it's just using a different form of the same thing nuclear power yeah dude okay here's a a question for you what is the difference between radiation and like the like the the nuclear perspective compared to radiation mm-hmm. as a topic and heat transfer, just like, you know, like being able to transfer heat without a medium. Mm-hmm. Cause those don't seem like the same concept to me. I just have, I kind of thought about this before I go, these don't seem like the exact same concept. No, I think that's, I, I think it might be, if I'm remembering correctly, radiation is a form of heat, heat transfer. Yeah. There's convection, also, conduction, radiation. And then. And the radiation here, let me look it up. definition. Because radiation is not associated necessarily, I think, with um, with nuclear power. It's just a, let's see here. The emission of energy as electromagnetic waves or as moving subatomic particles, especially high energy par- particles, which cause ionization. Okay. So for everyone not science-based who wonders what that means in regular English, basically means that it is the transportation of energy via waves. Oh, yeah. So then just you just have like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can keep explaining. I understand. Yeah. 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 You see, yeah. So you get it. But basically, uh, radiation is just a way of transporting energy. And that energy might be like uh, gamma, like a, a gamma wave, or it could be that's like kind of like UV. the most famous one in comics. UV. Yeah. That's how the UV sun, that's is the radiation. radiation. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's, just, it's, it's UV. Mm-hmm. UV is a different wavelength, it's, like, it's a different kind of wave. 
uh, I think it's the I think as... it's the I think it's the um, uh, frequency of it. Like I think it's just oh, like okay. how close the wave is together. Like Gant, like Gant, like which would make mm-hmm. sense, right? Because like if uh, each sinusoid is like really tight together, and then yeah, like that's just going to be a higher energy level. So that'd be like gamma waves, and then like oh. as they spread out, then you start to get the, like the visible light. Like visible light, that's radiation. It, right. right like uh so so then you like start to get the visible light or like start to like uv and then like visible light and then further and further i think you're right i'm trying to find electromagnetic spectrum here we go yeah it goes from trying to f- gamma to then you I don't, there's a bunch of them like gamma uv visible light and then radio wave is like the very far end yeah here we go okay so these are electromagnetic waves okay so yeah, the most high energy one gamma is gamma. That's the one that like will obliterate <laughs> your body. Then they have hard X-rays. X-rays. Which they yep, so they see X-rays, soft X-rays, didn't know about that. They have extreme ultraviolet, which is actually the energy that it gets that the sun sends to the earth. And then in I think our ozone basically reduces its energy to where it gets to near ultraviolet Dude, it's pretty nuts that which the is earth visible. is just like habitable <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true like just like we're literally in such a i mean i know this has been blowing scientists mind for a while but i was kind of wandering this today that it's just like it's just so fucking perfect like how the universe is structured yeah. to allow earth to have sustainable mm-hmm. life for extended periods of time mm-hmm. it's just like because, like, there's planets that are just, like, pretty close to us on, like, the uh, astrological scale that are, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like, you know, that just are fucked. Like, Mars and Venus. Yeah. Like, Venus is pretty close yeah. to the same size as Earth. And, like, it's not too far at the same or- orbit. Yeah. But you just, it's just fucked. There's no atmosphere. You just, you just can't. You just couldn't go survive on Venus. I mean, you could now because our technology is so good that you probably could. Right. Isn't that mind-blowing, dude, that people are just going to go live on Mars, like, in our lifetimes? Like... It's just like in our lifetimes, people are going to live on another freaking planet. Well, dude, it's it is dude. Well, it's shocking that anything works on this planet. First of all, that anything whatsoever that we are able even able to live and then like modify the earth in any way. Like think about how many chemicals we've pulled out of the ground, released into the air and the earth is still just killing it. It's just like still blocking all of this like deadly radiation coming from the sun and then converting it into warmth that we just enjoy. Like the perfect amount. Dude, it's uh yeah, it's pretty good. The sun's a pretty cool thing. I can see why that our ancestors believed it to be a god. I sort of do too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of dude, it kind I'm looking up so the reason I'm, what I'm I'm distracted is I'm looking up I'm trying to find pictures of our solar system and stuff. Just to look at one of my favorite scientific discoveries, though, was when somebody goes, yo, guys, hey, 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 what if the sun's not moving around us? And what if the sun is fixed and we're rotating? Yeah. (laughs) What if we're the ones rotating and it's not the sun? Yeah. Kill them immediately. Like, kill kill them immediately. Yeah, heresy, (laughs) heresy. But the dude just goes, it kind of feels like maybe we're rotating. (laughs) Yeah. It's just Dude, what, like hyper intelligent. Like just, I mean, there's just like such a level of awareness to like come to that conclusion and then like perform experience. And then like also to discover that the earth is around. Mm-hmm. 
Dude, and we were discovering this stuff like a thousand years ago. Like more than now, that. we're like, oh, well, we have people, satellites. People and... knew the Earth was around in like BC times, like like really? the Columbus thing. Yeah, that that's kind of fake news. Uh, Columbus was the one that like like proved the Earth. Like, like I think he's like going to like prove or whatever. But uh, uh, like actually, people knew the Earth was round. They just didn't know how big it was, or like or, like how oh. far you would have to go to like get there. And so that's why you kind of went to go to India and then discovered America and thought it was India because he thought he was going to end up in India. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they the first experiments that they did to discover that the Earth was like round was they this guy literally uh, I don't know precisely how he did it but basically I don't know how he like, they did the timing I can't recall but essentially they made like a, a statue of a known height um, that was like and then like calculated the shadow length of it and then traveled 500 miles like north or east or west or something like that. And then at the same time, like they had some mechanism of keeping track of time, measured a statue like at a great distance away uh, and like measured the length of the shadows at the same time of day. And then by the difference of the length of the shadows, they were not only able to determine that the earth was round, but also determined like very accurately what the circumference of the earth was. What? Yeah. And this is like, dude, this is like Archimedes time. Like, I think it was Archimedes who did it. Dude, check this out. Uh, the earliest documented mention of the spherical Earth concept dates from around the 5th century BC when it appears in the writings of Greek philosophers. So, yeah, like 500 BC. Was it Archimedes? Because that's who I think it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, dude, let's find out, baby. Let's see. Um, Ferdinand Magellan. Oh, that's a practical demonstration. That's not the... But isn't that like, – because, yeah, you hear, like, Columbus, and it's like, nah, dude, we kind of knew that for, like, 2,000 years before him. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, like a long two, time. 2,000 2000 years. Yeah. Jesus dude, was 2,000 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how long ago. Like, so yeah. Columbus, for how long it's been since Jesus was alive to us was how long Columbus had known that the earth – the people had known when Columbus was around that the earth was around. Yeah. That's so insane. Dude, here's here's a time scale factor for you. More time has passed between the building of the pyramids and when Cleopatra mm-hmm. lived than when Cleopatra mm-hmm. lived until now. There's a greater time lapse between the creation oh, of the yeah. pyramids and when Cleopatra lived Damn. compared to Cleopatra and now. It was 2,000 years ago that Cleopatra lived, and it was like 3,000 years before Cleopatra lived yeah. that the pyramids were built. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> Dude, the pyramids are old. Dude, they're so old. They're building like 3000 BC. And dude, you want to know a quick uh, little factoid about what they are and why they exist and why it wasn't aliens that created it? Sure. Yeah, I'm into it. They're on the history of it? Okay. Okay. So here's how it started. It's literally a pile of rocks and it's a tomb for a pharaoh. Each of those pyramids are for a pharaoh. And you know why they're all bigger than, than the other one? It's because one guy built a pyramid and another pharaoh was like, well... I am much closer to God. Therefore, <laughs> my pyramid will be higher. And another one came. And they're like, well, I am certainly, certainly closer to Ra and Osiris. So I will be the closest to the sky. That was it. Dude, and you know what they did is they had a guy. So typically when a pharaoh died, you put him in a big rock tomb. Mm-hmm. And it's a big prism. And then one guy goes, well, I want to be physically higher than the other pharaoh. Because I'm I closer to I thought they were all Ra. buried at the bottom. But are they buried like way up high in the pyramid? Um, they want their structure to be higher. They're at the bottom. Okay. They're at the bottom of it, but they want, they want to epitomize they want how to cool they are. They want to be closer to God. Exactly. 
And so, yes, they are at the bottom. So that's a good, good catch. But one guy, so then one guy comes along and says, well, I want to be closer. So he has his prism. And then above him, they stacked another one. And then another one said, well, I want triple stacked. And then someone came along and says, you know what, baby? I want it a hundred times bigger. And they started stacking up all these rocks. And it was done not by slave labor, but mostly by farmers. Because in the old in the olden times, when you couldn't double load, you, you couldn't grow like beans in the winter and corn in the summer, you grew one thing. And you and as a farmer, an ancient farmer, you really only needed to work for like two, three months out of the year. And the rest of it was just waiting. Because you had no, there was no technology to like manage it. There was no spraying it with weeds. There was no like So you just have like it. nine months of free time after you did your like two or three months of hard labor. Exactly. And then what and then what would you rather do than serve who you perceive to be God on earth? Yeah. And so you go, You're well, like, I'm gonna go help the guy that's just God. <laughs> Now I'm gonna go help out God. That's what, and so that's what they did. And they took the rocks and carved them out. Fake news has existed since the beginning of time. <laughs> dude, fake news has existed since there were two humans on the planet. Yeah, the guy goes, dude, like, I have, I'm, I am the one controlling the weather. And the other guy goes, really? Mm-hmm. Fuck, I better listen mm-hmm. to you then. <laughs> <laughs> did surf since Abney, baby? Eve's like, no, eat this apple. It's fine. Are you sure? Yeah, no, it's fine. Fake, fake news. news. <laughs> the apple was not fine. <laughs> totally fake news <laughs> it was fake news yeah but no it was i, I read that and i was like oh interesting they uh but yeah no it's three thousand years and then cleopatra lived at like 50 bc yeah that's uh it's it's just it's it's mind-blowing when you look at things on time scales because i mean it's like i mean the, the, the i mean the pyramids were ancient to cleopatra that's what's nuts mm-hmm. the ancient she was probably like dude those were built I don't know if she even had a concept of how old they are. Cause I wonder when people started to, yeah. How do people track years before Jesus? I'm sure there was a way. Well, like the, the Chinese calendar before... is like 5,000 years, I think. Like, oh, or really? like year 5,000, according to the Chinese, oh. the calendar. It is weird that like the whole world, not weird necessarily, but that's actually made me curious is why we're all like, like how easy it was for us all to get on the same time convention, right? Because it's sort of arbitrary. Right. Like how long a second is, is really arbitrarily defined. I mean, like it's, it, there is a specific definition. It's like the oscillation of a quartz crystal. But yeah. it's like the fact that we all agreed on the same time mechanism that wasn't just yeah. like, because like everyone had days, right? That kind of makes sense. Yeah. And then everyone started to kind of figure out stars. Like these are kind of points of convergence, like just like yeah. that are logical. Like, okay, we, there's star patterns. Like clearly... At like after this many overnights, like this star pattern seems to return and it right. seems to match up with this season. So like, you know, you start to yeah. notice these, these things, but like the fact that we just all agreed on like the, the second and then like, um, like a week, a week is the weirdest one to me because like months make sense. Cause it follows the moons, but it doesn't really, you know, yeah. like it like mm-hmm. just is like was once right. that, but then it's not really, but yeah. weeks seem like the weeks, in seconds and minutes and hours, those are just so fucking arbitrary. Right. And even the definition of a second that was made post people using the second, like the second was invented, everyone used it. And then later we defined it with mm-hmm. uh, the oscillation of a quartz crystal. Like by, and like we, how, like I know what you're talking about where we basically, people are trying to standardize our units through things that are consistent as in like the speed of light. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to def- like a meter, I'm going to fuck this up so bad. So save me if you know it, but a meter, instead of it being like based off of like one thing we decided is a meter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like how much time it takes for light to get through a vacuum or something like that. Or like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's a difference. It's that. a difference. Like light can travel in a vacuum. Yeah. That's, that's one that's like, absolutely. Because the, the reason being it, like the way the, like 
this isn't necessarily the reason, but this is the like the logical framing that's used is if we ever like came across an alien species and we're like, Hey, like this is how we do our science. Cause science kind of seems to be something that mm-hmm. would be universal to whatever life forms we ever find. Right. Um, right. They just made us, they tried to make the units like definable so that oh. another entity could pick them up. Like, and that's, and again, it's yeah. not like necessarily the reason, yeah. but it's the logical framework on how to define units is that some other entity that had science yeah. would be able to understand how our units work very quickly by some absolutes yeah. that they likely also also already knew. Right. That's a really good call. We're standardizing it for the aliens that we're going to meet later. Yeah. And so like, if they do meet us, they're like, what, which they, um, they're like, we do meet them or whatever. And it's, uh, uh, like, like you can just like, Oh, this is where we're at. Can you help us like this? And they're like, oh, they can just really quickly pick up where we're at and yeah. what we're doing. And, but, it, but like, again, yeah. that's just like more of a, uh, like imagining these aliens is more of just like a logical trick. So we can also just standardize it on earth and have it not based on just like, right. like the kilogram, which I think is a, where they just like literally have the kilogram, like this like block yep. that is the kilogram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's yes, just like in, in a, like a vacuum container in France. Like this is a mm-hmm. kilogram. This is like yep. the, it weighs one kilogram. And if it changes weight, it still weighs one kilogram because it is the kilogram. Yes. <laughs> it is the kilogram, dude. And the problem I didn't know this. The problem it's made out of iron, and the iron is slowly evaporating. Yeah, and so it's like so, micro changing. So it's like fuck. This is not. It's yeah. not a good. It's not a good system. So how do you come up with a solution to mass? To me, it seems like it'll be something light related and relativity. Uh, yeah, is my guess because there is that conversion available through Einstein's equations. I think light is the only consistent thing because time's not even consistent because light, I heard that light, what time changes so that light can remain constant. I think that was a concept Einstein came up with. Well, here's the other thing is like, so like through quantum mechanics, one thing we know that's just absolutely mind blowing is that photons, uh, before they're observed, you know, they live in this, uh, they live in this sort of this probability wave state where they're not really defined mm-hmm. specifically and then could be in multiple waves. But upon like observation from some sort of conscious mm-hmm. it, entity, the probability wave collapses. And instead of like existing in this like multitude of states, it exists in one mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's mind blowing is when it when So like it sort of comes into existence when it's observed. And what I mean by that is mm-hmm. like when you observe a photon and it picks mm-hmm. this finite state, not only does it like pick the state at the end result, but the rest of the photon for its entire life accepts this mm-hmm. finite state and like at, like oh. simultaneously. So like light like photons like exist in their entire trajectory of their life like all at once. Like mm-hmm. they like photons like, from a mathematical perspective do not experience time. Like the entire photon wherever it's been exists at once. Mm-hmm. It's a really weird concept, but like light does not experience Whoa. time. So here's, so, okay. So like, okay. So I want to make sure my understanding's there. So like one, one little beam of light, one little photons pathway from like a star, mm-hmm. it comes all the way here to earth and we observe it. So what you're saying is that photon exists on the entire pathway all the way to that star until we see it. And then, and then, and only then it exists in this one moment and that we so, see it. So uh, better said is like, so, okay, so this is how they did the experiment. So, um, so when photon goes through, like, uh, like past, like, a, a major gravitational uh, field, uh, it, it can actually split and go two directions. And so you'll have these entangled photons that essentially, like, in order for the universe to, like, remain logically consistent, that mm-hmm. they, they, should, they need to pro- project essentially the same thing. 
right? So you have mm -hmm. like a photon that splits and so it's entangled and effectively like when you look at it, like one will go like around the, like imagine this way, like one goes around the black hole to the left, one goes around to the right, and then they both come to earth. And mm -hmm. so in order for the, be logically consistent is that if you look at the one on the right and you look at the one on the left, it'll tell you the same story. Mm -hmm. And so what we've noticed though is one, um, they, okay, first off, they don't always tell the same story, which is why it's fucked up, right? So it's like, that doesn't make any sense, but it's because- What do you mean by this story? Uh, so like, uh, so, the way they, so the way they measure it is through electron spin. So this is where this is actually the language I was trying to avoid, <laughs> but uh, okay, yeah. So so like the electron spin has a direction. Essentially, it's like either horizontal or, or we'll just say like sideways or up. I don't know if that's exactly correct, but like uh, based on the angle of one, you should know the angle uh -huh. of like the other. And so okay. uh, when you observe the left one, the right side, the left, the right one doesn't decide what angle it is until you observe the one on the left, or vice versa. Okay. And once mm -hmm. you observe the one, then the other one like comes into like, like defines itself instantaneously mm -hmm. as well. And you can see this mm -hmm. because uh, if you, if you just look up actually here, let's just like, actually, let's just pull up the video. This is crazy. Dude, what's Dude, crazy is that awesome. we can even understand that we can even observe or understand the spin of subatomic particles and by subatomic meaning neutrons, electrons, and uh, protons. Okay. Uh, observation, quantum mechanics experiments. I can't remember the name of the experiment. I don't think it's a double slit one. This is like a science paper. That's not good. Dude, it's crazy. While, while you're finding that, I'll just kind of uh, talk on some things I think right. are crazy. The fact that... Um, so I remember, okay, the fact that we've standardized un uh, the learning of what atoms are made out of and what atoms are and how they, and how our world works. Like to me, it seems crazy because if you think about a human thousand years ago, 2000 years ago, they're really just like learning how to do kind of what they do. Like they're a farmer or a blacksmith or something. They don't really learn anything else. It's kind of cool that we have as humans, we've gone, okay, you know what? No one can be walking around on this earth unaware of the fact that every single thing in the entire universe is built out of the same like 237 atoms or whatever, however many elements we've discovered. Like people need to understand this. Like it's just kind of cool we've standardized that knowledge as a like as opposed to just being like, oh, you're a farmer, just no farmer things. Like we're like, there's a few things we should probably all understand. Can you hear? Can you hear the video? No, I can't hear the video. I can see it and it is being recorded, but I cannot hear it. It's so we should be able to figure out how to like. When you figure that out, okay. So, yeah, this is not gonna. This is. I don't think this is gonna be valuable to like watch this ten minute video for this concept that's like kind of uh, difficult to yeah. explain. But essentially, yeah. So, so what it shows though is that uh, like what the 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 meaning behind all of this is is that from the existence of the like the beginning to the like. To, to when it gets to Earth, we can prove that the entire wave from like light years away all collapses and comes into existence like at the same time upon observation. Mm -hmm. And it happens for both waves, even if you just observe the one because they're quantum entangled. And so the mathematically what this means is that the photon, because this should like, there should be some ripple effect. Like, you know, um, if I shout, like if I shout at you, obviously like the sound has to travel and get to you. So you think like, oh, the observation means like work backwards at the speed of light to like, define itself the whole way 
but it doesn't. It happens instantaneously. So the implication there is that it, um, and we know that because observing the left one, it causes the right one to have an effect, even though like the way they communicated, it should have to go all the way back to the point of inflection where they split, mm. but it doesn't. It happens instantaneously to both. Mm. And so yeah. what's, what the mathematically, the reason they came with this experiment is because effectively like theory of relativity suggested that photons don't experience time. That they exist in their their entire existence is like at like a, is like is like singular at like a point, and so this observation thing sort of proves that because it doesn't happen as a function of time, it just mm-hmm. is instantaneous. It's it's yeah. and so it's like it means absolutely mind blowing. And one of the implications is that consciousness is what's bringing the universe into existence, and like not the other way yeah. around. It's not that the universe brought us yeah. into existence, sort of that like the conscious force brought the universe into existence. That's sort of actually yeah. what I subscribe to is that like, as you go around the world, you're literally bringing the universe into existence. And like, if you don't think that's true, just like look around your room, name one thing here that wasn't created by a conscious, like name one thing that you're looking at that wasn't created by a conscious force. That's just like part of your daily life. And like, yeah, you could argue like the sun in the sky, but everything in your room that is like, that's, that's a deliberate conscious effort. Everything around you. Fucking yeah, bananas. Even the plants that I have, even the, even plants. the plants I have, were genetically engineered, mm-hmm. grown, redistrib- redistributed by yeah, your world is like is like clearly a product, and even even and you can even argue that like because uh, conscious by conscious we don't necessarily I don't necessarily mean like human consciousness or anything like that. It's sort of um, like, like you know the same the same result would happen if an animal looked at it or anything like that. It's sort of just like this life mm-hmm. entity, um, and even actually if like other not conscious entities interact, it will cause them to like collapse as well. Like because you can use like a measuring tool to like make this happen, and not just like your eyes. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, it's like, uh, here's, dude, here's, here's a crazy thought. You're still sharing your screen, by the way. So if you want to be doing that, I don't want to be doing that. Thank you. Cool. Um, so then how do two consciousness forces? So, okay, here's a thought for you. And this might lead into the place where we don't know what we're talking about, but we kind of never know what we're talking about for the most part. Does anyone know what we're talking about when they're talking about this thing? I used to think like, oh, yeah, it's off limit because it sounds like smart people can talk about it. I'm like, no, anyone's allowed to talk about it. Okay. Because people have been yeah, wrong for centuries. So I'm going to have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to join the masses on this for one. For thousands of years, people have been speculating and being wrong. So I'm just going to join yeah. the noise because it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. So what if you have two different people who are the consciousness force and they uh, both view the same star, the same photons at the same time, and they perceive it in different ways, Who whose consciousness wins in defining the photon? Um, I think that that question misses, like, like that, that, that's not a, um, it's not a practical question in the sense that, like, that's, like, one of the things we know is the universe seems to, the, the universe remains, like, consistent across all perceivers. Oh. Right, so, like, it doesn't, um, well, actually, that's not true, because, like time is like relative. We've proven that like that if you travel yeah. really fast, you will experience a different amount of like you will literally like if you were to travel, yeah. if you were to accelerate close to the speed of light and then like travel some distance and then slow down, you would come back to earth like close to the same age and somebody else would be like way older. Yeah. Like, you just wouldn't experience time the same way as other people do. Mm-hmm. So time is relative. Like, I don't know. That's kind of mind blowing. Right. <laughs> like that yeah. it's it, like time depends on the observer. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, dude, you brought up, up a point that uh, it's pretty. That I think it was a good, a good. Uh, that I thought was interesting is that we don't really care about distances to things. We care about how long it takes to get there. And I wonder. And so I wonder how that plays in with the idea that time is relative too. 
Because when we're traveling someplace, we don't really care about the literal distance. We just care about how old we will be when we get there. Yeah, exactly. Am I going to be how much two time, hours how much older? Of your time was locked because because that's like the truest scarce resource, at least for the time being, is time, right? Like you, yeah. like like. I mean, I do sort of believe that like our consciousness is part of some bigger conscious force, and like when you die, you don't uh-huh. really die. Like you're just kind of like go back to from whence you came, which is yeah. God knows what that is, but like I feel yeah. like psychedelics give you a clue. Um, uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so but it's like you got the scarce resource time, so it's like you know if, if we can start making the world like I mean I think Elon Musk's underground uh, travel thing is the most intelligent mm-hmm. thing ever because. Um, the, you know, the, the biggest limiter, limiter to travel right now is the sound barrier. And the reason isn't because we can't break the sound barrier. It's because mm-hmm. it physically does damage to the earth when you have these sonic booms going on. Like it will, they will oh. like destroy windows below. Like that's why the Concorde could only fly over the ocean was because it would break mm-hmm. windows over the, over the land. Oh. Because the sonic, because it just yeah. has, you know, because like a sonic boom doesn't does just occur when you break the speed of sound. It occurs at the entire duration you're traveling above the speed of sound. Yeah. So the sonic boom, mm-hmm. so you just can't like it just be like too heavy because you can already hear planes and they're loud. But if like one was like there was a sonic oh. boom going on, it would just yeah. be like there, there would be no peace. Right. But if you yeah. go underground and then have like mm-hmm. tunnels that you can create in a vacuum, mm-hmm. you don't have a limit mm-hmm. to the like like there is no uh, there's no medium for the sound to travel through. So sound doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have the sonic boom issue. And so you can travel it essentially. Not? Yeah, there's no sound in space. That's no, why. Keep going. There's no sound in space. Well, I- well, no, what I mean is underground. Are you talking about we would go speed of sound underground? Yeah, because you make these tunnels that are uh, that you uh, make them vacuum. Like just at, make oh, vacuums. I was missing that critical yeah. piece of information. So, yeah, you'd, you'd make tunnels that you would just make vacuums. And so then, like, this is my, kind of my idea. I actually don't know because I know I will the vacuum part. I sort of added on my own, but Elon's doing the tunnels. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's thinking of vacuums, too, because mm-hmm. if you have vacuums, you're not limited by the speed of sound. And even if you are limited by the speed of sound, you have to have some air down there. Perhaps you can go deep enough that it just won't affect. Although it might, ha- there might be some earthquake issues or like tremors that's and a, stuff. That's what I was wondering. But, but if they're vacuum sealed, dude, here's another thing. No air resistance. And no air resistance. That's, that's huge. So air, like literally yeah, any air, force you apply, you can continue accelerating. Yeah. The only force that would be slowing you down is the friction between the, whatever wheels you're on and whatever Dude, and if it's and if it's running on magnets, you're basically reducing friction to zero there too. Oh, that's true. Like if you if you use the same tech that the yeah. Japanese have for their like uh, bullet trains, mm-hmm. but you put that underground in a vacuum. I mean, you. I mean, I I don't I don't know a conceptual reason why you couldn't have that intertwining the world. And like there, I mean, like honestly, like with our engineering ability as it grows, like I don't see mm-hmm. any reason why you couldn't just like literally just go under the oceans and then just like be like over in Japan like uh-huh. thirty fucking minutes. Dude, and so talking about the earthquake problem, you could solve that with dampeners. That's my first thought. Like if there's if there's a vibration issue coming out of these tunnels, you could add dampeners, which for those for uh, those listening, a dampener is the opposite of basically well, springs are dampeners too. It basically stops things from vibrating so much, is what a dampener mm-hmm. does. Well, springs things are vibrating. Yeah. Well, can did be you take did you take vibrations? Damp- no, we touched on it in dynamics, but I didn't so, take the uh, So I'll give you a little bit different between, uh, like, so the the way you model it is, like, every spring has, like, some dampening effect. And so you calculate mm-hmm. that differently. And there's also things that are, like, deliberately dampening. But, like, a true spring mm-hmm. is not a dampener, right? Like, it just is a, mm-hmm. it's just an oscillating item to infinity. But, like, every single one yeah. has some friction that does dampen the mm-hmm. effect, which basically means, like, so if you have a perfectly dampened system, like, if you have shocks, 
you'll go down once and then gradually return to your stable state and you won't just like oh okay so if you have so like you try to correctly dampen it so like you you feel the down and the up just like like returns to normal without this oscillation Mm -hmm. effect and like if you go through your car like they've done a pretty fucking good job like doing that like that's Mm -hmm. why you just don't feel bumpy rides is because of the dampeners yeah, like because otherwise, if you hit a bump, you go bump, 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 bump. Like, you just but instead, instead the tires shift relative to the car, so the car mm-hmm. stays still and the tires shift relative to that, and then don't like, and so you don't experience that up and down effect as, as like sitting in the the cab of the car. Yeah, yeah. So you could add those all, yeah, those dampeners, right? Because sound, well, you eliminate the sound because of the vacuum, and then any vibrations that would be caused underground. Which I don't think dampeners. if you eliminate the sound, I don't think you would have much of an issue with that because thrust would be because thrust would all go directly backwards. I mean, you, you might you might have some uh, there might be some Newton engineering problems with equal and opposite reactions, like because mm-hmm. um, you would need to like send something the other direction in order to like speed up. I guess if you have magnets and you like you have power coming from underneath, then that would actually work. Because then you right. would like transfer the force like 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 magnetically like to the magnets, uh-huh. and then like that would be the the counter force as opposed to, um, and it would be anything physical, and the and the Earth would be a pretty good dampener too. I mean, and well, because you would have some force pushing down on this tunnel, but the Earth is if you're going that deep to bedrock, you're going to be running into some actual rock and some dirt, and like that would operate like a, as a pretty decent dampener the, anyway. The other limit, the other limiting factor is uh, the amount of like g's that the average human can sustain yeah and so like yep. okay so you can go probably you can accelerate a little bit faster than a plane but like you'd also have an extended acceleration period so there's like the g's you feel when you take off the plane you know it might just like quadruple that time and then you run quadruple your mm. velocity <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah because so you might like feel g's feel... for the first 30 minutes of a, like, a fucking train ride where you're just you're literally accelerating yeah. the whole time and literally until you get right. the halfway point and then you start slowing down. So like the whole time yeah, you're experiencing G's like this way and then this way. <laughs> yeah, dude, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. Cause there's, yeah, there'd be, dude, what if there was one where they're like, it's called like the executive suite or whatever. No, like you will experience three G's like, so three X gravity the entire way accelerating and decelerating and you have to put on they go so like you sign a waiver and it's like you want to get to japan in 30 minutes all right we will fucking get you there and you like strap in and you go all right you ready for this shit crank it to five g's baby uh, there's a buddy of mine that sees in the air force and he posted a video of him in the uh uh in the fucking g machine they have and those guys get up to like Uh nine ten g's and he's just because he's a pilot he he flies like fighter jets and stuff and so they have yeah. to like, cause you have to like, you can train yourself to not pass out cause all the blood will just fucking go to your head. And so you should just like, uh-huh. like his whole face. Like, oh really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So constrict it and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's like, cause it's like, all right, here, I'll just, this is, this is a better video to show G test, uh, pilots. Yeah. This is, this, these are great. Uh, dude, you can also get in the centrifuge. That's what it's that called. Will... Oh, there we go. I and mean, you can get suits that restrict that blood flow too. So like it, uh, like pilots wear those G suits or whatever. All right, let's check this video out. Yeah, look at this guy. Oh, he's doing it. Oh, sweet. Yeah, which video is him going nine freaking Gs? Yeah, so they put you in this thing and they spin you around in circles really fucking fast. Uh, oh man let's go 
Yeah, which which part is he? Yeah, where is he? He's just spin, talking man. about it. Does he not actually spin? Okay, well, I've, there's passing videos out. where these guys spin. Well, he says pass. Yeah, he says passing out in it. Wow, well, I'm sure there's a better video in here somewhere. All right, wait, hold on. Oh wait, he is right here. Boom. Oh, there it is. One. So he only made it to three point six. Really? Yeah. Here, let's. let's I didn't know three point six was that bad. I thought like I, th- I knew you passed out at like. This is way better. 10, right I didn't here. think three point six was that bad. Look at these guys' faces when no. they go through this shit, dude. <laughs> Maximum of seven G's right here. They show the G's right here. Yeah. Okay. Boom. So they're in one G, which is just normal gravity. They got like ten people. They're showing all at once. In I'm gonna age. narrate. I'm gonna narrate this for the listen. If people listen to yes. the podcast version, but we're watching a video of a series of different pilots in a centrifuge. And so what they're going to do to these people is spin them around faster and faster and accelerate them at a faster and faster rate till they experience different um, amounts of uh, gravity. Oh, damn. Oh, these faces are crazy. Dude, look at, look at they're five like, Gs. Oh, damn. Dude, they're, they're like cheeks are all and mouths are all contorted. Like Dude. their face is like changing. And so shape. what she's saying, because I know you can't hear, they're uh, like literally coaching them through on like the techniques to make it so you don't pass out because there's like deliberate techniques mm-hmm. that you can um, and employ to not pass out. Really? Oh, look at this guy! Yeah. Here they get up. They get up to like they're seven. All, their eyes are all bugging out. Their lips. Their lips are all weird. Oh, this guy actually passed out. I think. Air fuck. Right here. <laughs> yeah. Oh damn! Oh oh, they're all grinning. Oh, that must be a strategy. They're all like they're like clenching their, their teeth and going back. But like, look at this. Like, look at him, dude. There he goes. Oh, dude, he's <laughs> out. He's out. <laughs> he just that guy was out. He just collapsed. <laughs> Oh man! Then they slow him down. He just kind of oh, he's twitching a little bit, and then he's probably just gonna come back. And he died. He's like they're like they're like, hey, Will, are you there? Will, are you there? Will, come back to us. Will, come back to us. And he's like, oh, I'm here. I'm here. What's going on? I'm good. I heard when you go unconscious, you don't know that you went unconscious. Like you're just confused. look. That's okay. This he... is what that guy looks. That's what he looks like normal, and that's what he looks like under the fucking G's. Oh my god, he looks like a different person, dude. <laughs> looks like someone took all of his skin um, like on the back of his head and stretched it. Yeah, ex- like, it's exactly it what like it is, a, yeah. Looks like a, like a so, face tightening Clearly there's a limit. And so, uh, dude, astronauts are going up to like 10 or 11 Gs when they go. Oh my fly. god. Like, it's oh, I bet. So yeah. they have, that's why they have to do all this training because you're accelerating so much. So yeah, there'd totally be a limit on like, hey, are you like trained? Like you have to like a certification to like get on the high yeah. speed Yeah, Dude, and on your driver's license? <laughs> oh, you're still sharing. On your driver's license, uh, it could say like certified at seven G's or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, sorry. This get, is uh, expired. You haven't done the centrifuge for over a year, so I can't let you yeah. on it. <laughs> Dude, yeah. And they like, and the, all the, the different lines are all based on G's you can handle for the, for the train. So everyone's in the one or two J, G line. And there's some people in the four G line. And then in the seven G line, and there's one guy's like, "Dude, I just got certified for nine Gs, baby." <laughs> there's like, let's go like, to Japan in ten minutes. Yeah, like just like with like all the like most elite athletes in like the nine G. Mm-hmm. So, because like, so, I mean, dude, I mean, you start going like pretty quickly, you can get up to like nine or ten miles a second. I mean, you need to get to Japan so quickly. Like, that's how fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's about what they go about eight, nine or ten miles a second. Yeah, that's about what astronauts get to when they're leaving orbit. Really? 
How many? Mm -hmm. I'm going to Google miles. Let's just go from Texas because we're in Texas. Because they measure Texas it in feet per great. second, and they'll get up to like 45, 50,000 feet per second, and a 5,000 feet a mile. All right, miles from Texas to Japan is 6,400. All right, so you said 10. So you said it's 10, 10, what? A miles mile, per 10 second. Miles a, how many miles per second? 10. 10. So that's after like, it's going to take them 640 seconds. Your 9Gs, it takes like five minutes. Yeah. So you could, so like, well, you have to accelerate so, up to it. Oh, so right. yeah, but you could, but like theoretically, there'll be some deceleration. Theoretically, if you could sure. make this work, you could get to Japan in like 20 minutes. <laughs> Dude, you get Japan in like, I'm, I'm looking at, if you take, okay, so it's 6,400 miles to Japan. So you divide that by 10. So now you're at, uh, so you're converting that from miles to, to, to seconds. So you're looking at 640 seconds. Divide that by 60. You're looking at 10.6 minutes to get to Japan. Okay. That would be insanity. So, yeah. So uh, well, it'd, be, it'd be a little longer than that because you have to accelerate up, right? So it takes about five minutes to get to that speed. Okay. And then, and then like decelerate. And then you have to decelerate. So you'd really just it'd probably take you about 15 or 20 minutes. And you know how long uh, a flight is to Japan right now? <laughs> How how long? I'm gonna guess. Uh, hold on. I'm gonna say it's from the U from fourteen hours. Thirteen hours. Good guess. There we go. From which from what state? Um, I'm sure there's some flights that are fourteen hours. Uh, I don't. I don't know. It just says from U.S. to Japan. Oh. like it's just. I was just curious. Um, and this yeah, this just says this measurement. I don't. I don't know from where exactly, but Got yeah. You. So, nonstop Tokyo, thirteen hours from. Oh, that's actually from Dallas. So it's even less from. Oh. Oh, only two thousand dollar round trip. I could take off Ooh. in a few days. Two grand, get to Japan, nice. nonstop flight. Two grand to Japan, baby. So yeah, twelve hours. So uh, if you're going from the west coast, it'd probably be like a lot, like nine hours from the west coast. So you go from nine hours instead of nine hours, it takes thirty minutes. That would be so sick. We need to do that. We and need to do that. You'd have to have a series of tunnels, but I don't. I don't know what the the. I don't know what the like negative externalities of r running these things would be, like because there there likely will be some and some obstacles that we don't anticipate or like some things that it affects that we don't anticipate. But like I don't know, it seems like mm -hmm. we're trying to me. And then like also if like yeah. I don't know why anyone would travel by air except for the novelty of it after these existed. Uh, yeah. Right, and so you'd like way reduce noise yeah. pollution. Yep. Yeah. And, well, and it would reduce. Uh, yeah, noise pollution, and it would reduce literal pollution, chemical yeah, pollution. Yeah, and it would do because you because you'd uh, run them all magnetically, and so like, uh, which I don't really understand that technology, but it seems like it's less. I mean, it'd just be electricity, so you'd still need to generate the power from somewhere, but it seems more efficient than right. gas or coal, oil. Well, yeah. Well, what's yeah? What's nice, I guess, is we run on like everything electric. <laughs> exactly, baby. Well, what's nice about running shit on electric is that the problem then just is a scaling problem. Like you can say, oh, well, this takes more electricity than it would take gas or whatever. But it's like, well, but we can get that electricity from anywhere as opposed to if you run things on gas, you can only get energy for that thing. Yeah, exactly. Gas. Exactly. So it's like, so, so electricity just it totally opens doors. So yeah, it would, it would for sure be, there's no way I don't think you could generate that for, I mean, like, unless you're literally using rocket fuel for every single one, you just wouldn't generate that force. Yeah. And if you're and the, the biggest issue, like we can't use electricity, the space is that, well, it's just a. Again, you just have a um, – well, dude, can you imagine? Here's another thought is if we started building, like, space towers. So instead of having uh -huh. to, like, go to orbit, you have, like, a, 
fucking like a couple massive towers around the world that literally extended like oh. like 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 ten thousand feet uh-huh. in the air, and it's like a roller coaster. You know how like roller coasters will launch you up. It's just uh-huh. like it just like stay on this track for the first like few miles. This is a total. I don't know if this would work, but it seems like yeah. it could work. So you literally have this yeah. few mile high structure, like a fifteen thousand foot building or like tower, like spire that you essentially mm-hmm. like use to like ro- like fuel this thing because that sort of eliminates like because the biggest issue with getting in space is just uh, the the or the Newton's laws right of motion that you just mm-hmm. have to like send something in the opposite direction that's like equal magnitude of the thing going up. And so if you just had the spire, you could run on electricity instead of like literally sending rocket fuel and these like massive chemical reactions down to the earth. You could just like fucking attach to the thing. And then just like the same way you run power to a roller coaster, just like fucking spin it up this thing. And then just like literally to the top, Mm -hmm. it just, instead of like hitting the top of the roller coaster and coming back down, it just like maybe activates the rocket fuel for the last little bit of it. And then just heads off to space. And then just goes, whoop, makes a left turn and you're in orbit. Yeah. You just go, Oh, instead of rocket, it just, yeah. just It's like literally attached to like a pole that just provides power the same way you would do it horizontally with a magnetic train, but instead you do it vertically. Yeah. And then you just like launched up this magnetic train type deal. And like, it could even be like a tube that's just like inside the tube, like the exact same concept as this thing. And then just the top of the tube, it just opens up and you just like launch into space. Ooh, yeah. And like, imagine if the tube was like literally like, literally extended outside of the atmosphere. I mean, structurally, I don't know if this makes sense. This is just total like sci-fi stuff. So the tube literally extends yeah. out of the atmosphere. So it's open to a vacuum at the top. So just by uh-huh. nat- nature, the entire tube is a vacuum as well. So you eliminate air, air resistance for getting to space. <laughs> yeah, dude, almost it would suck you up, right? It would you, suck you like, up. It would suck, it would be a vacuum. You, it would literally suck yeah. you up. <laughs> It would vacuum you into the into space. You go boom. You like close it off partly to the ground. Like have your atmosphere in there. Boom. Open up the bottom and then just whoop, and it just whoop, yeah. vacuum up into space. Dude, that's exactly what happened. You can, it would literally just Elon Musk. Dude, listen, vacuum. We have ideas, dude. We have ideas. The, <laughs> that would be. This is, this is madness. Dude. What we're coming up with, but here's here's what happens: madness. is we accidentally suck out our whole atmosphere. Yeah, and we're out of air. Dude, there's definitely feels like there's something physically we're missing, but I don't see it. <laughs> I think it's a perfect idea to me. I, 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 Structurally, I, I it seems like this. the biggest thing to overcome. Right. In order to make a tower that's that tall. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to go overcome that, but... Uh, feels like know, it would have a lot of sway to it. Like, you wouldn't really be able to have a still tower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There'd be a lot of... Yeah. Well, because even skyscrapers, they move, like, a lot. A lot. Like bridges also move a shit ton. Yeah. But they but under huge buildings, they have spring systems. Yeah. That's the craziest thing. Is there's giant springs under buildings that are literally accounting for how much the building moves. Dude, actually so the Taipei one on one building, we like somebody did this is like their uh, project and vibrations has a uh, pen, like at the top has this massive pendulum that's there structurally and literally acts like you know, like a sway bar in a car that essentially like when you turn the bar just like isn't really attached to anything. It'll just like swing to the other side and like reduces the G's experience during a turn. So they have the same thing. They have a giant pendulum from the top and this massive heavy ball that, so when the tower sways, the ball like keeps the tower from swaying. What? Yeah. Wait, which build, which building? Is uh, that the tallest one uh, yeah, in Dubai a, or whatever? I think it's the Taipei 101 um, pendulum. Yeah. Dude, that's like, so, okay, what's I'll so crazy again. about that? 
Dude, that's so crazy because you know the engineering team was together like, man, how are we going to account for this? How are we going to account for this? And then someone goes, all right, listen, I know this might sound crazy, but let's put a fucking pendulum at the top. So the Toon Mass Damper movie, this actually feels like it's from uh, Protect the Building from Earthquakes. So they have this giant ball. Yeah, this is a really bad video. Yeah. Just, I want it really from the bottom. see the whole thing. Yeah. Was, it looks like it's... Here you go. Here's a good shot? diagram. Oh, yeah. So basically, it's in the center of the building, like way up here. Oh, and then like uh-huh. the building is... Uh, 400 meters, so 1,300 feet tall. It's like one of the tallest buildings in the world. And they literally have this pendulum ball to help like protect it from earthquakes. It's relatively not that big to the building either. I thought it was going to be enormous. Uh, I think mass-wise, I think it's pretty significant. Oh, okay. But not the volume-wise. Yeah, like space-wise. But, but like, I think it's I think it's pretty heavy. Um, oh, okay. But, yeah, dude, you, like, you can check it out. Wow. The tower. This is like, a giant... giant... A giant ridged sphere, almost like a golden sphere, dude. That kind of looks sci-fi-ish. That looks like, dude, if that looks like if we were in a sci-fi world with a bunch of like golden, it looks like you would find that in a palace. And this is like the dragon egg or something, you know? Like this looks like the the source of all power of the few of the futuristic alien world we're invading, you know? Yeah, like this looks like uh, look how tall it is compared to all the surrounding buildings, dude. And those other buildings are enormous. Wow. Building pretty cool. in the world. It's all this building. It's probably that I think Dubai it, I building. Think, I think it is. Burj Khalifa. It's like Mia yeah, Khalifa. Burj Khalifa. It's Mia Khalifa's older <laughs> sister. <laughs> Not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Burj Khalifa. Yeah. This is named after her, actually. Wow. Look at that thing. That was very phallic. Dude, it's cool. Yep. Dude, it's like a series of small phalluses. All right, dude. Well, I think this has been a good episode. I think so. We we got in our phallus jokes. Those are pretty important. So good I'm glad we penis jokes. We talk about some fake news, and then uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, good, it's a good time. Well, thanks everybody for tuning I like in, it. and uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. Well, uh, they're going to get a bonus because we're going to. We I forgot to post the podcast last week, so we're going to post a couple. Uh, and uh, yeah, hope everyone has a great day. Boom! See you later, everybody.